chapter 7. Uh, we have been going through a series uh, over the last six months, nine months, called Real Jesus. And we have been looking at the real Jesus. We're passionate about the real Jesus. Who was he? What was he like? What can we learn from him? And so we decided to call this series Real Jesus, nice and simple. And we've been going through the book of John. And we're in John chapter 7 today. We are passionate, as I said early, earlier, about opening scripture and seeing what God has to say to us today. And John is an absolutely brilliant book. It's a little bit different to the other Gospels, but it's an absolute brilliant book about say, seeing who the real Jesus is. And so that's why we thought it would be a good idea to go through the book of John. And just a little bit of context, uh, chapter 7, I spoke on it before the summer, uh, and we really pulled out one thing from it. I'm seeing a few like, nervous looks, because you can't remember what I spoke about. That's okay. <laughs> it's about, you can find the talk on the website. Wonderful, modern technology. Uh, but we pulled out one main thing from the whole of chapter 7, and we said this, Jesus divides opinions, Jesus makes opinions. And we saw in the chapter that there are some people who, who worship him and say, wow, surely this is the Christ, this is amazing, this guy is amazing. And then there's other people who say, this guy's got to be killed. He creates opinions, and we learn actually that like, living life as a Christian, we're also going to create opinions. Some people will respond and go, wow, that's amazing. I mean, the way you sort of, you live your life and what you believe is amazing. Like, and... We, we, we're talking about a special sense that, wow, we, we smell like life. But then to other people, they'll look at us and be like, what on earth are you talking about? And not want anything to do with us. We will create opinion just because we follow Jesus who also created opinion. Um, but what we're going to do today, rather than looking at the whole of the chapter, we're going to view and zoom in on just two verses in chapter 7, which starts... At verse 37. It will be on the board if you do not have your Bibles with you. Just a little bit of context. Jesus here is at a festival. So John, John has chosen specific stories. And we find out kind of why that is in chapter 20. He says, I've, I've written this book so that you will see Jesus is the Son of God and have life in him. And so when we see that John's writing about festivals, it's just, it's, it's just helpful to notice. Okay, he's, he's put some festivals in there. There's obvious, obviously a reason for that. And so what festival is he at? Is that a festival um, called the Festival of Tabernacles? And really simply put, this is a festival where they celebrate and remember God's faithfulness, that God brought the people of Israel out of Egypt and looked after them in the wilderness for many, many years, 40, 40 years. And they would celebrate it by making tents out of like palm, palm trees and stuff like that. And it'd go on for about a week. And as we get to this scripture that we'll read in a minute, we see we are on the last and greatest day, the final day of this festival. And what happens on the final day is that the priests would draw water up from a pool and they would pour the water on an altar in a symbolic act, in a remembrance thing. And what they'll be remembering is this, a story in Exodus 17 where God tells Moses to bang his staff on a rock and out of the rock comes water. And so they're remembering, it's symbolic, they're like, okay, we're remembering when God said, and God was faithful, he said to Moses, bang your, bang your rod, bang your staff on the rock, the water flew out, and then hundreds of thousands of people were able to drink from this water coming 
out of the rock. And so they do that on the last day. They're remembering God's faithfulness. In the desert, it would have been thirsty, it would have been hot, but God looked after his people. He is true to his promises. And so they're remembering that by the priests sort of going up to the altar and pouring the water. And, and so when Jesus stands up on that last day, he knows what he's doing. When John put the festival in the book of John, he knew what he was doing. And so it's really important that we see what was Jesus doing. So John 7, verse 37. And now I can look. Oh, I can't. Maybe we can get that working in a minute. Now it's working. There you go. It's helpful if you turn it on. <laughs> Wonderful. It is so technical. For me, these things just they are tough. Okay, John 7.37. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. What I want to do today is just break that statement of Jesus, that, that loud statement of Jesus on the last and greatest day. I just want to break that down and look at a few specific things. And the first thing I want to look at is this. Anyone. We need to remember the context again. It's really good to remember the context. And the context is Jesus divides opinions. In the crowd, there's some people who want to kill him. There's enemies of Jesus. And there's also some people who want to follow him and love him and want to be friends with him and all that sort of stuff. He's speaking to both groups of people. And he doesn't just say, to my friends, if you're thirsty, come, you enemies, stay over there. He says this word, anyone. Anyone. This is grace. This is the grace of God. This is grace. Anyone. This is the true message of Christianity, is that now everyone's welcome. And it's a message that we're really passionate about as a church. It's, it's one of the things that I talk to you guys about. I say, hey, we need to be... I, I, I want this church to be the friendliest place in Gothenburg. Why? Because we worship a God who is the friendliest God. He says anyone. Anyone is welcome. And so what do we say? We say anyone is welcome. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you behave like. It doesn't matter how wealthy you are, how poor you are, what your background is like, where you come from. Anyone. Why do we say that? Because Jesus said that. Anyone. In the midst of enemies and friends. And so, friends, look, if you've been a Christian a short time, or if you've been a Christian a long time, if you're coming here on the back of a good week, or if you're coming here on the back of a bad week, we need to hear Jesus' words. And he says this, he says, anyone. Anyone. It's the grace of God. I have been married to Nina, who's not here now, uh, for 10 years this week. Yay! I know what you're thinking, you got married when you were 11? It just doesn't make sense. Um, uh, on our honeymoon, we, 
I saved up, and we, we went out for one really, really nice meal. And Nina, I, I can still, I can still literally remember it. it was a sea, we were in the south of Spain. It was a seaside, uh, like literally right by the beach restaurant, high up on rocks, a beautiful view, and it was an expensive restaurant. And I saved up, and you know, I was going to impress my new wife. And Nina dressed up really nicely and looked really, really beautiful. I dressed up really nicely and looked really, really beautiful. <laughs> but, but it was the south of Spain, so of course you wear shorts. You don't wear trousers unless you're insane. And so I wore shorts, and we went up to the restaurant, and so they, and I managed to do the reservation, un mesa para dos, por favor, which means, I'll translate that, I know all of you are like, wow, that means one table for two, I think, I think that's what it meant anyway, maybe this is why they turned me away, anyway, um, and I got up to the, I got up, pleased with my uh, reservation, and like, expecting that like, to be welcomed in, so this is your table, the guy looked at Nina, absolutely no problem, looked at me, up and down, and said, you're not coming in. I said, what? He said, you're wearing shorts, you're not coming in. And I was not welcomed into the restaurant, and there was this moment of, uh, <laughs> and like, I was like, whatever I said, honeymoon, like, you know, I didn't know, I don't speak Spanish. Uh, he knew I was a fluent Spanish speaker, because I could say, una mesa para dos, por favor, whatever I could say. But he turned me away, and, and there's this moment of like, oh, on my honeymoon. Jesus just doesn't do that. Like, even if you're wearing shorts, you're welcome. That's the, that's the message from today. Anyone is welcome. And it's so important that we hear that. It really is. And it's so important that we become a church that hears that. That we don't look at people how they're dressed or what they say or, you know, whatever. We say this, everyone is welcome. Why do we say that? Well, it's because Jesus said that. And then he says this, if anyone... First, so what does he mean there? Does he literally mean, I mean, you're day seven of a festival. It's obviously been a long festival. Us that were at Devoted last weekend, we understand it's tiring. Were they like literally thirsty? Were they needing some water? Have we got the first ever bottled water salesman in Jesus? Like, what does he mean when he says, if anyone thirsts? And what he's talking about here, quite simply, is the presence of God. If anyone is thirsty for water, no, for God's presence. If anyone thirsts for the presence of God, and I for one thirst for the presence of God. I want to be a church where people, not just on a Sunday, not just in a small group on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, but, or a prayer meeting or wherever, but all of life, that the people who go to this church are just passionate about the presence of God. And as we go out to our workplaces, our families, our streets, people will come into contact with the presence of God because we carry the presence of God wherever we go. Yeah. And I'm thirsty for that. I'm thirsty for miracles. I'm thirsty to jump, thirsty for God's presence and everything that that includes. And so what Jesus says, if anyone is thirsty, thirsty for the presence of God. If, are you thirsty for God? It's a question. Are you thirsty for God? Are you thirsty for him? Are you thirsty for him in your life? Water is important, actual physical water. You need it to survive. Our bodies were designed to survive on water. Okay? You can call me a doctor if you want. Okay? I'm, I know it's impressive. It's the same with the presence of God. We were designed to thirst after God. We were designed to worship God. We were designed to be in relationship with God. And so we're going to get, just like when, you know, when we train, we get thirsty with water. 
So also, as we live out our life as Christians, we're going to get thirsty. So are you thirsty? If anyone is thirsty for the presence of God. If anyone is thirsty... Oh, spoiler. <laughs> if anyone is thirsty... I'm sorry, I didn't highlight this. Um, come to me and drink. If anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. Before summer, we had a brilliant two-part series on Isaiah... 54 and that also is available on our websites if you've not heard that can I really encourage you to listen to it it's um, a guy from the UK called Roger um, came over and spoke absolutely magnificently and I actually felt as he was speaking uh, this is something prophetic for us as a church he talked about stretching and strengthening and he sort of prophesied a little bit over us that we will stretch wide as a church plant and that's, we are a church plant. At the moment, we're small, we're new, but he said, you're going to stretch wide. And I just, I'm just, I'm excited by that. And he said a few things. We're going to stretch wide in faith. Our faith will be stretched. And I think even moving from that room, a small, cosy room, into this room, a little bit of a bigger room, we look around and think, okay, I mean, it's okay sort of size, but you know what? We could do with a few more people. It's a faith stretch. It's a, we are, we're, we're stepping out in faith. We're saying, okay, God, we're going to go for it. And it's, we don't even know if it's going to work or not, but we're going to go for it. That's faith. It's believing in something that you cannot see. And so we're going to be stretched in faith. And that's just not, not just here on a Sunday morning, but that's at school, that's at work, that's at home, wherever, that's at dog, it's nursery. We're going to be stretched. We're going to stre be stretched in prayer. I really believe that. This Friday, we're going to be having a prayer meeting. Come along and let's stretch our prayers. Let's not just pray for one person to get saved. Let's pray for a city yeah. to hear the message of Jesus. And that he loves everyone, anyone. Let's pray for that. Let's, let's really stretch in prayer. But then we had this theological bombshell when he spoke. So he's speaking about Isaiah 54, but he said, There's this theological bombshell that I'm going to hit you with. And we all sort of got on the edge of our, uh, uh, on the edge of our seats. And he, and he said, This Isaiah 54 is in between Isaiah 53. And 55. And we were all like, wow. That is incredible. Absolutely profound. Had a time of ministry directly after that. All to call. Everyone came forward and responded. Um, Isaiah 53 talks about Jesus. It talks about a saviour coming. Jesus. And Isaiah 55 says this. And now I do have that. Come, all you who are thirsty. Come to the waters. You who have no money. Come, buy eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Does that ring any bells? Thirsty? Hungry? Come buy. Come to the waters. Be satisfied. Even if you don't have any money, you can come and buy. What does that remind me of? That's grace. That's anyone. If you have money or you don't have money, anyone can come without money. Come buy, drink, eat. Not just water, milk, wine, that good stuff. Anyone. It's the, it's, it's the grace of God. And I get this real urgency. What, what I picture when I read this is like a London salesman, like on a, like a, like a grocery store, like selling like some apples and some pears and like trying to get as many people over as possible. Come, I've got oranges, two, two for five, two for five, apples, two for five, two for three. And I'm not very good at doing that. You can see I've never done that as a job. But you know, there's this urgency. Come. Buy, 
drink, even if you've got no money. Anyone, come. Are you thirsty? Come. And there's this urgency from what we read in Isaiah. Come. It's, it's, and it's grace again. It's if you are thirsty, you come and you come to Jesus. Jesus says, if anyone is thirsty, come and drink. It's a, he, he, is, he is a prophetic answer to what we see in Isaiah 55. John Piper says this. Be Maybe you can take over that, that's okay. Uh, be done forever with the sad notion that saving faith, that believing on Jesus, is a mere decision to believe facts. No. It is a coming to him as a feast, a treasure, a banquet, a spring in the desert when we are dying of thirst. Amazing quote. Believing in Jesus is not about a few facts. You know, okay, yeah, I, kind of, I believe that. It's coming to him and feasting on him, and in the midst of the desert, in the midst of the wilderness, when we are thirsty, finding our fulfilment and our satisfaction in him. Yeah. In him. In him. It's an amazing message, this message. This, the gospel is this, you're in a land, you're dead, you're away. And Jesus says, come, I will satisfy you. Nothing else will satisfy you. I will satisfy you. There's loads of good things in life. Marriage is a good thing. It's a great thing. I've really enjoyed the last 10 years of my life being married to Nina. It's a real treat. Okay? And I love her. But if I find my ultimate satisfaction and my hunger, my thirst-quenching satisfaction in Nina, in marriage, then I'm going down the wrong route. And it's going to end in a bad place. Work is another one. I love. I work part-time for church, part-time in this school head. It's great. I love both jobs. But if I find my ultimate thirst-quenching satisfaction in that, then I'm going down the wrong route. Money is a good thing. Friends, family, these are all good things. But we can't find our ultimate satisfaction in them. Where do we find the thirst-quenching, life-giving satisfaction? Jesus and him only. There is no other answer. It's the Bible school answer. It's the kids' work answer. Always Jesus. It's always Jesus. So bottom line is this. It was and is and always will be about Jesus. Exodus 17 wasn't just a nice trip where this water sort of dashes out of a rock. It was, a, it was an image of one day there will be someone who in the midst of a desert place will give life to everything that surrounds. You can just imagine as that water, it didn't just trickle out, it gushed out, absolutely gushed out. There were approximately 600,000 people who were thirsty. 600,000 people need approximately three Olympic swimming pools amount of water every day. That's a lot of water. And you can just imagine this water just coming out of this rock and everything that it touched just life people found life Jesus is the fulfillment of that you come to Jesus you find life yeah. in the midst of the desert in the midst of the, the, the tough times because there are tough times like, like everyone goes through tough times you, f you find Jesus you find life he quenches um 
Don Carson says this, he is the fulfillment, talking about Jesus, of all that the Feast of Tabernacles anticipated. If Isaiah could invite the thirsty to drink from the waters, Jesus announces that he is the one who can provide the waters. It's all about Jesus. He provides. Come, all who are thirsty. If anyone is thirsty, come, come, come to Jesus. And just a real quick note on this. There's uh, the grammar that we're using here is called a present imperative. And I read this. I don't know this. So I'm not super clever. I just read this. Um, and this is the same grammar that is used in Ephesians 5, in a letter to the church in Ephesians. And it's a present imperative is this. It's continuous. It's not just a one-off thing. So when we read, come and drink, we should really be reading, reading, keep coming and keep drinking. Are you thirsty? Keep coming and keep drinking. It's a little bit like water. We don't just wake up in the morning, have our one glass of water, and then that'll do us for the week. We're good now. We've got our fill, and we'll sort of like we'll be fine now for a week. We've had our, but we regularly come back to the tap. I think two liters, three liters is recommended. That's a lot of glasses every day. It's a regular thing, and it's the same with Jesus. It's not just a one-off. Hey, let's come to Jesus on a Sunday, or and and then and then that's it. It's a keep coming and keep drinking. It's not just a one-off thing. And I think this, if I can say something, I hope we're not. We can cut the recording here. Quick. Um, <laughs> uh, the potential danger about things like devoted are that we can become like spiritual camels, where we go to these events and we have amazing times of worship, which they are, and amazing times of God, like just like being like filled with the Spirit, and they're amazing. And then we can think like, oh, and now we need to survive a year until the next devoted. And we sort of walk around like camels in the desert, slowly just eking out the water, the Holy Spirit that we've received at that event. What John is saying here, what Paul says in Ephesians 5, is that it's not just a one-off event, it's not just devoted, but it's a keep coming and a keep drinking. God is here just as much as he's with 2,000 people in the UK, or 10,000 people over in America or in China. God is here. And he's also here in Ica later. And in small groups on Tuesdays and prayer meetings and at work. It's not just here in church things. God is here. And so what do we do? We keep coming to him. And we keep drinking. Because we live in a place where it is difficult and we're going to get thirsty. And then he goes on to say, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. A little bit of a strange sentence, but we're going to land here, we're going to finish here, and just see what does that mean. Out of his heart is literally... No, it's fine. Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So what Jesus is saying here, he's literally just saying, in the deepest of the deepest of the deepest, you would kind of translate that back in the day to the belly or the gut. What he's saying, out of the deepest part of who you are, rivers of living water will flow. So what is Jesus saying here? He's basically summarising Old Testament teaching and he's saying this, the inward work of the Spirit is going to produce an outward blessing. We come and we drink and what happens is we end up blessing others. This is super, super important. I think because I don't want us to be a church that just have our little holy huddle meetings where we sort of 
feel God's love for us and get filled with the Spirit and then not do anything about it and just be like, okay, see you guys next Friday for our next meeting where we do that. But, but one of the main things the Holy Spirit does is it makes us go out and be a blessing. Just like when that water came out of the rock and it blessed everything, everyone who drank it. We are, as we come to Jesus thirsty, hungry, we will be a blessing. I get teased quite a lot because I like whiskey and I have a whiskey collection at home. And so for my birthdays or Christmas, I say, Mum, Dad, could I get a whiskey, please? And they buy me a whiskey, but I don't drink them. And that's why I get teased. I just have them on a nice shelf and just look at them. <laughs> which is really not the point of whiskey. The point of whiskey is to have a little bit with some friends and go, oh, that's very nice. And oh, can you taste the smoke? And, uh, and pretend to know what you're talking about. It's not for them to sit on a shelf. If we come to God and we say that we're thirsty and we just want to keep it to ourselves, we just want to keep the Holy Spirit to ourselves, then it's a little bit like all these nice whiskies staying on a shelf. That's not what they're meant for. They're meant to be consumed. They're meant to bless others. Amen. Amen to that. <laughs> it's exactly the same. As we come to Jesus thirsty and we receive the Spirit, as we keep coming and we keep drinking, what's going to happen is that we will be in, there'll be this outward working of the Spirit. Luke 4 says this. Jesus quotes this from Luke 4. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news, to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. What does that mean? Good news to the poor. Freedom for the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. Come to Jesus, anyone. Anyone who is thirsty, do not disqualify yourself, okay? Come to Jesus, all who are thirsty. Come, drink. If you're thirsty, come. Receive. Receive the Spirit. And then go. Go and give life. Proclaim the Gospel. Alad. My, I'm going to indulge you very briefly with my devoted memory. And then we're going to respond by worshipping. My devoted memory, would you like this? I would like it. Well, you can't have it. <laughs> My devoted memory is this. And it's going to sound a bit creepy. I'm going to be completely honest, but I'm a bit of a weird guy. Um, it was a Sunday evening, so it's the same evening that Wendy uh, talks about. And we had an incredible preach, which was absolutely brilliant. Again, it's going to be online soon. Um, and then a good time of worship afterwards. And what I like to do when I'm in a bigger setting of worship is kind of like look around and you've got 2,000 people worshipping like this. I find it really encouraging. And like, I think people get really wound up for me because I'm sort of like this and there's people like this and like this. And, I'm like, okay. um, and so I look around and in front of me I saw Wendy. And it, so she was like this, like worshipping. And it's just the most beautiful moment because as she said, less than a year ago, she was not saved. Less than a year ago, I hope you don't mind me saying this, she didn't know the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. We're talking about far away from Christianity, far away from God, 
on that Sunday, better than the Andrew Wilson preach, which was brilliant, better than the worship, which was brilliant, was seeing someone whose life has been completely transformed by the gospel. Like, it was just amazing. I just loved it. And then she came up to me and says, boom! And I was like, yeah, boom! <laughs> she have done it back, but I didn't. Like, it was absolutely amazing. Friends, this is, this, my hope and my prayer, and our, our stretch-wide prayer, is that next devoted, we have someone with us who right now, right today, I don't know, is waking up from, with a hangover or something, who have absolutely no idea about the gospel, no idea about Jesus, completely away from Jesus. My prayer is that in a year, they'll be standing there next to Wendy and saying, Jesus, it is all about you. If anyone is thirsty, are you thirsty? Come, drink, and out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. Let's be a church that loves this city. But let's also be a church that comes to Jesus. Hey, we need you. So we're going to worship. We're going to worship now. Alice going to lead us in a couple of songs. We're going to respond. We're not necessarily going to bring people down the front. But I think the way to respond today is just to come to Jesus. And so as we sing, can I encourage you to come to Jesus? Come in your own heart. It's really practical. Just say, Jesus, I'm here. Yeah, just like turning on a tap. It's easy. It's practical. Jesus, I'm here. So let's worship. Let's enjoy God. And then, but then as we finish, we're not going to stay like this. We're going to go. And we're going to be a blessing to others because of Jesus, through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. Let's stand.